We have a tradition in my home country of India that most Americans have probably never heard of. It is called the 40 Days Mass. The 40 Days Mass. After someone in our family dies, we have a Mass offered in our home. The priest comes from the parish and celebrates the Mass, maybe setting everything up in the living room. And then we have a dinner. Now the curious thing about the dinner is that we do not invite our family and friends. Rather, we invite the poor people who live in our neighborhood. And there are plenty of poor people in India to invite. Why do we say that Mass and serve that meal? Well, there are two reasons. First, we celebrate the Mass for our deceased loved one. We know that Jesus ascended into heaven 40 days after His death and resurrection, according to Acts chapter 1. So too, we pray that the soul of our beloved dead might have finished his or her purgatory time, and the soul goes to heaven. Time is sort of elastic in purgatory. Like it says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, one day is like a thousand years. And secondly, we serve the meal for the poor as an act of mercy, a corporal work of mercy. Feed the poor. And so we feed the poor on behalf of the deceased person, that it might count for them. But notice how in both instances we are helping the helpless. The poor soul in purgatory cannot help himself or herself anymore. And the poor people in India cannot help themselves. And that is the heart of Christian charity and love. Helping the helpless. In the gospel today, Jesus tells a parable about helping the helpless too. And it sounds a lot like our Indian tradition of the 40 days. Listen, Jesus said, when you hold a banquet, invite the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Did you catch how Jesus tied together a corporal work of mercy, feeding the poor with the resurrection of the dead? That is exactly what we do in India. When we say Mass and we serve a meal for the poor, we hope to be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Why? Because we're helping the helpless. May I give you three examples of helping those who cannot help themselves that you can use in your own life so that you can be repaid at the resurrection? First, did you happen to see the Arkansas Catholic newspaper article last week of the story of how I became a school bus driver? I have been promoting the Catholic high school in Northwest Arkansas called Ozark Catholic Academy. One way we help students from Fort Smith to choose OCA is providing daily transportation. We have 15 volunteer drivers, and yours truly is one of them. My shift is always on Fridays. Why do we do this? Because when you do a solid, that's a favor, 
for a young person, he or she cannot repay you. In fact, your only repayment for helping children will be their moans and groans about how hard Catholic school is. When I get an earful of their complaints rather than their compliments, I smile and think, bingo! This is what Jesus meant when he said, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. When we do something for children, we are helping the helpless. The second example is about kind of a funny one. Our church cat at Immaculate Conception in Fort Smith called Callie. She was a stray calico cat that the parishioners all sort of adopted, especially Ed Winkleman. Ed is like a walking St. Francis in our parish, and he loves all of God's creatures. Well, recently, Callie contracted cancer and died. Now, we didn't offer any masses for the repose of her soul, okay? But we do miss her. When we take care of pets, in fact, when we take care of all of God's creation, we're also helping the helpless. Creation is helpless unless we take care of it. Taking care of this world is also part and parcel of Christian charity and love. A third example, and perhaps the most obvious example of all of helping the helpless, is our care and protection of the unborn. There is no one as helpless as an unborn baby, because he or she would immediately die outside the womb. Unborn babies are entirely dependent on their mothers for food, protection, and love. That is why the recent Supreme Court decision to make abortion illegal on a national level was so important. In my opinion, that was an act of Christian charity and love, helping the helpless. But we also need to apply this same principle to those on death row. A friend of mine from seminary is now the Bishop of Tulsa, Oklahoma. His name is Bishop David Condorla. He wrote this recently. There is no need to use the death penalty in a country with a modern penal system as we have in the United States. Use of the death penalty coarsens our society and weakens our understanding of the dignity of every human life. Now here's the important part of what Bishop Condorla said. In Oklahoma, we have ended the killing of the unborn. I pray we will choose to stop using capital punishment in favor of life without parole for heinous cases. In other words, when we have clemency and mercy on men and women on death row, we are helping the helpless. By the way, have you ever noticed that this is exactly how God treats us as well? No matter how strong or smart or self-sufficient you and I think we are, we are really helpless without God's grace. We cannot lift our pinky finger without God's help. When God looks out at us, at me, and at you, we appear to Him like the poor people in the streets of India, 
like small children who go to school and need a ride, like unborn babies in the womb. Maybe we even look like Callie the cat to him, a stray who needs to be fed. And we most definitely look like inmates on death row. But God does not hesitate to reach down from heaven and help the helpless. Why? Because this is the heart of Christian charity and love, which is the heart of Jesus. Praise to be Jesus Christ.